All right, as Vern Lundquist once said at 17 at Augusta in 86. Yes, sir. Let's go right into the weekend. How you doing, everybody? Mike Steely here at one of my favorite places on the planet, the one, the only, the one for fun, Riverwind Casino on this fabulous Friday. What a sports weekend we have in store. It's going to be awesome, baby, with a capital A is what it's going to be. Parker Thune back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio, and he is a traveling man like Bob Seeger. Love that song, by the way. Right into Beautiful Loser. Parker, uh, did you drive in this morning or overnight? No, I did drive in this morning. I got up about 6 a.m. to make the trek from Kansas City. So here I am back in the Brown O'Haver studios after a very grueling 36 hours of travel. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Al Davis, the old uh, managing general partner of the uh, Raiders, called commitment to excellence right there from the one and only Parker Thune. All right, always a great day to be out at Riverwind Casino. You know what they offer out here. I just talked to Justin Yola, the uh, outstanding GM out here, and basically he told me they're at about the five-yard line right now of uh, the renovations being done, and it's not going to take much longer. What they've done already out here looks spectacular. Uh, They've made Riverwind even better, and it, it just looks fabulous. They have a new area called the Oasis where you can play games, non-smoking area we told you about all the electronic games out here they have over 2800 of them they've got all your favorite table games they've got an incredible poker room with off-trap betting in there as well they've got the best bars and dining tonight is steak night at the river buffet that is very popular tomorrow night seafood night and then sunday a major league brunch they'll line up for you out here at the river buffet we're standing right outside Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, which is an unbelievable little uh, pub restaurant with a great menu. They've got individual booths that have your TV sets there. So if you want to watch Sooner Softball today at 4 o'clock, weather permitting, we're looking good right now, by the way, 4 o'clock on ESPNU, you can do it right here at Chips and Ales. And then they've got a great food court as well. You know, you think about the choices there, Taco Bueno, Burger King, they've got a Panda Express. They also have a IHOP over there, so a uh, pretty good selection over there. They've got an incredible gift shop. Everything always happening here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. They really are simply the best, and certainly they are the one for fun. The question is, Parker Thum, as we go into this uh, jam-packed sports weekend with Bedlam Baseball Round 2 tonight, Cowboys dominated the Sooners last night. In fact, Oklahoma State so far, and you got to tell it like it is, they've embarrassed Oklahoma. They've outscored the Sooners in two games, 32-10. to 10. They won the opener in Stillwater. Uh, the one game that they had at Obrey Stadium, 19-8. to 8. They crushed Oklahoma 13-2 to 2 last night. Needless to say, but I'll say it anyway, Oklahoma's got to pitch a lot better and play a lot better, and they cannot get swept in this series or they're in a very deep hole for the NCAA tournament field. But, again, game two tonight, 630. We have Sooner softball, number one team in the country, just uh, like Godzilla trampling Tokyo. That's what they've done uh, with the women's softball uh, world so far. They've done it, you know, looking for their third straight national championship. But this uh, is looking like it is Patty Gasso's best team ever. Can they uh, finish the deal? It all begins today at 4 o'clock in the Norman Regional against Hofstra. We had uh, the Nuggets go up two games to none on the Lakers. Austin Reeves has been the Lakers' best clutch performer in the fourth quarter. We'll hear from Austin Reeves and uh, some of his postgame comments from last night coming up here in a little bit. We've got game two between Miami and Boston tonight. 
in Boston, Miami behind uh, Jimmy Butler, who has just been clutch, uh, won game one of that series. And we also have round two of the PGA Championship getting underway. So it's a busy sports weekend. But, uh, Parker Thune, the, uh, the Sooner Nation, all eyes focused on the decision tomorrow from Zadavian Sims, the four-star defensive lineman out of Durant, and whether or not he's going to pick Oklahoma or Oregon. How are you feeling right now? You'll be down there, it's, right? It, it's a weird deal, Steely, because I, I still think it's Oklahoma. And I know for a fact that I have peers in the industry who are hearing the same things I'm hearing and believe it's Oklahoma as well. It's just really, really hard, and I understand why everybody's kind of staying quiet about it, and I've kind of done the same because you can't. it's hard to kick against the grain when Steve Wiltfong himself has a crystal ball in for Oregon. And so I, I still am inclined to believe, based on the sources I've spoken with, based on the vibe throughout the week, I, I still believe it's Oklahoma, Steely. That's a very unpopular opinion right now. When you look at the landscape of the general recruiting media scene as a whole, most everybody seems to think the kid's going to pick Oregon tomorrow. I don't. I still believe Oklahoma's the choice. Now, we're going to find out in a little over 24 hours, and either I'm going to be very wrong, and there's really no two ways about it, I'm either going to have to eat some crow on Monday or I will be able to dunk on the entire industry. I'm very much hoping it's the latter, but I am resigned to the fact that there's a chance it is the former as well. Well, we'll see what happens. It's 3.45 tomorrow, is that right? 3.45 is tentatively when the announcement is coming down, yes. All right, so we'll see what happens at Avian Sims. Will he end up choosing Oklahoma, or will it be another OU? Well, it would really be the U of O. Uh, I guess in either in either way, University of Oregon or will be uh, the University of Oklahoma. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I, I envision, again, two different scenarios for the text line on Monday. This is scenario number one for what the text line will be like on Monday if Zadavian Sims chooses Oklahoma. Here it is. Everybody's smiling. Yeah, yeah, I went Brady Bunch on that. You bet I went Brady Bunch on that. It would be a sunshine day, there's no doubt, if Zadavian Sims chooses the Sooners over the Oregon Ducks. Now, the other scenario, the text line will sound something like this, and I know the text line doesn't make sounds, but basically this will be the reaction if Zadavian Sims commits to Oregon. What? You son of a bitch. You no good We may have to tell some people to shut their yapper on Monday if it doesn't go Oklahoma's way, Parker. That's the way I envision the text line. Two scenarios, no gray matter, no gray in between. It'll be one of those two scenarios, and we're hoping for Sunshine Day. Yes, and many on the text line are pointing out that Zadavian Sims 
just posted that he's going to take an official visit to Michigan State. Florida Sooner says, that tells me he isn't picking OU tomorrow unless he's all in on misinformation. And look, that's that's what I am inclined to believe based on the conversations I have had is that this is all a smokescreen and a pretty dang effective one at that. Now, we're going to have Brandon Drum on later in the program. We'll see what his thoughts are, but it's it's one man's take based on some source conversations. I still like Oklahoma here, and I'm going to have to die on this hill. Either I'm going to be right tomorrow and I'll get to take a victory lap on Monday, or I'll just have to eat crow, which would not be the first time it's happened. And after the David Hicks fiasco, I am more than willing to eat crow when the situation calls for it because that was a humbling event for all of us when Hicks picked Texas A&M over Oklahoma back on September 28th. But for right now, I still like where Oklahoma sits with Sims. All right, so if you think this is a a smokescreen here from Zadavian Sims, you know what? That means sunshine day. Can we fire up the Brady Bunch again? I think we should. Because if it's a smokescreen, that means OU tomorrow. And that means the Brady Bunch is singing. Maybe uh, you can bring that, bring a little uh, speaker, Parker, to the ceremony tomorrow. And if he does pick Oklahoma, you can have that queued up and just start playing Sunshine you know, Day. Steely, you can come down too. You can be responsible for the boombox. I'm old. I don't travel well. Really? Yes. Yes. Traveling's very difficult. Very difficult. I mean, you're already basically halfway there if you're out at Riverwind. Well, yeah. Durant's not that far, I guess. All right, here at Riverwind Casino, a great casino experience. You guys, most of you have been out of here. You know what Riverwind's all about. The new and improved Riverwind, not like they needed to improve, but you know what they said? You know what we need to do? It's just like the best college football programs out there. Anybody in any walk of life, particularly in business, to be successful, man, you've got to be building new stuff, had the state-of-the-art stuff. Have the very best, uh, you know, experience you can have inside your casino. And Riverwind has improved on theirs with this renovation. It looks unbelievable, and they are just about done. Same great chance to come out here and win. Same great promotions. Same great dining experiences here. Concerts, outdoors, beats and bites, May 27th with Blue Oyster Colts and 38 Special. We kick off the uh, indoor concert season, if there is such a thing, because it's back here at Riverwind in June with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and a lot of great bands coming. You can get all your tickets online at riverwind.com. And keep in mind, for Beats and Bites, they're only 10 bucks a piece. It really is one of the best entertainment value uh, situations you can take advantage of with Beats and Bites. It is incredible. But everything is uh, new and improved, even shinier here at Riverwind Casino. All right. Also want to thank uh, Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Comfort is very important. You don't want to get to the summer months and your ace pitcher is throwing his arm out, right? You want to make sure that that pitcher is rested and ready to go, that pitcher being your AC unit, of course. So make sure that that air conditioning unit is going to last the summer because the humidity, it can get brutal here. Uh, in the state of Oklahoma. So get that tune-up done. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Great Sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. 
It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to have you with us. Let's hit up the uh, Air Comfort Solution text line. Or, my bad. It is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, let's do that coming up next, 405-651-3439. See, I just I broke up my own perfect game right there. Just walked a batter on four pitches. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405 405- Six five one thirty four thirty nine. We want to hear from you when we get back. Let's do it next here on the ref. Will it be the money money of Oregon? Maybe. We'll find out tomorrow. Three forty five. Zadavian Sims, the four star defensive lineman from Durant, or is the Okie say down there in Durant? We'll be making a decision tomorrow. And it's going to be very interesting, like I said, what the reaction is going to be because uh, Sooner fans are going to be very, 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 like, very upset or extremely elated. There's no in-between. When these decisions come down, there is no in-between. It's an extreme on either side. By the way, you don't need to go to extremes if you want to get your eyes fixed. If you have an issue, if you're either farsighted or nearsighted, I have a simple solution. A very simple solution, Dr. Bellardo, Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They've been in business now for well over 20 years, great reputation, had my eyes done there, have them tuned up there as well uh, a little bit later down the line because I had Eagle Vision for about 18 years. They need a little correction later in life. It's an old thing getting that done, but I tell you what, they are Awesome. You need to call Dr. Bellardo. If you have any issues there, you want to get rid of those reading glasses, they can get it done for you. 405-755-7700. You can get a free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can go to alcok.com. As they always say, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Great professional team over there. Dr. B is a, a great Great dude, very professional, obviously, but a very personable dude. They'll make you very relaxed. It's a great setting there, and they will get you taken care of at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right, Parker, let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, see what the Ref Army has to say today, 405-651-3439. Jamie in Whitehouse asks, Parker, if he chooses Oregon, will it be due to NIL? I know if this happened, we won't. We will hear Bates can't close and relationships mean nothing. Yeah, Jamie, you will inevitably hear a lot of that. I mean, look, anytime Oregon gets a kid, to a certain extent, NIL is involved. Right? It's Nike University. Phil Knight and the powers that be at Oregon, they can certainly afford to make it worth a kid's while to attend the University of Oregon. So if he chooses Oregon, I. I would stop short of saying it's solely due to NIL, but as with any kid that commits to Oregon, that's a piece of the puzzle, yes. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Parker, before NIL became so prevalent, uh, you know, you used to say, man, why why would an in-state kid go out of state? Because if he becomes a great player and he wants to stay, you know, come back to his home state and, and, you know, build a business or do whatever, you know, he'd have more opportunities doing that staying in the state of Oklahoma, but NIL, particularly a big NIL deal, can kind of negate that in many ways because it's like, well, you know what? <laughs> if I can get, you know, 
a million and a half before, you know, I'm 21 years old or whatever in NIL money, that's a pretty good start. So, I don't know. Uh, look, sometimes you lose a kid, too. Sometimes you do. But I, I think in these really close calls where Oklahoma loses to an A&M or an Oregon, you certainly have to think, you know, if it's Miami, for instance, with what they've done in NIL-wise, you certainly have to take that into account big time. Sam and Edmund has a scoop. He says, as a fellow Durant Lion, class of 95, I have really close friends who have kids that train with him at C4 and play football with him, and they all feel he's all OU and has been for some time, including wearing OU cleats, towels, and gloves all last season. I know that doesn't mean a lot with the apparel they're given these days, but it seems like Parker may be all Brady Bunch on Monday. There you go. We're hoping for a sunshine day tomorrow, like I said. And Jim and Arlington, outstanding, sent the gift of the Brady Bunch performing. Maybe, how many of the Bradys are still out there? Didn't we lose, like, Bobby? Didn't he have a car crash or something? I wonder if we could get the uh, Brady Bunch to come do sunshine day here at the uh, Showplace Theater. Fire it up again. Just imagine Showplace Theater stage. The Brady Bunch takes the stage. And everybody's on their feet, and you hear this. I mean, it would be awesome. Absolutely awesome to get a live performance from the Brady Bunch of Sunshine Day here at the Showplace Theater. Fantastic. From the 405, can the Gaylords not afford to make it worth a kid's while to attend OU? Look, if you're you're trying to put the Gaylords on the same plane as Phil Knight, that is inherently fallacious. And I mean astronomically so. Phil Knight has ridiculous money. There are people in the OU circle with money, but Phil Knight has ridiculous money. And so if Oregon wants a kid and the kid is willing to take a payoff in order to play college football, Oregon's going to get a kid with as much money as they can put on the table. Now, not every kid is going to jump at that. Not every kid is going to jump at the money because many kids and their families will look past the short-term financial gain and choose an option that they feel is better for them in the long run and sets a kid better up for uh, not only his football career but life after football. So it's not a case of, well, Oregon can just buy whoever they want. I'd stop short of saying that. But Oregon can make competitive NIL offers on the same plane as anybody in the country all right and again that decision for Zadavian sims coming out tomorrow at uh, 345 and parker of course will be there we'll talk to brandon drum uh, get his thoughts on what's going to happen tomorrow and a lot more in recruiting coming up right here on the riverwind casino hotline at 135 here on Steelman and thune let's get a couple more in before we break from the 405 sims liked my tweet showing support for ou this morning obviously that means he's choosing oklahoma duh i hope you're right i i hope you're right uh, from the 918, if Sims picks OU tomorrow, Steely has to open the show Monday with a solo of the Brady Bunch song he played. The KREF Army wants an encore. <laughs> uh, eh, you never know. Maybe. Depends on if the voice is in good shape Monday. Maybe. You never know. From the 405, right, I- he will pick OU based upon OU beating Hofstra. That will be the determining factor. 
Well, then it's a done deal, right? Because, well, I don't want to jinx anything, and I don't even know why I say that. I really don't believe in jinxes. But uh, I believe the Sooner women will take care of business today against Hofstra. I don't, I don't think it will be much of an issue. Uh, Brian in Tulsa says, hope you all have a great day. Appreciate that, Brian. Happy birthday, by the way. It is Brian in Tulsa's birthday. Yeah, happy so. birthday, Brian. I also saw that uh, Caven's group sent out a picture of Duke, uh, the great dog over there at Caven's group. It's Duke's birthday today, and uh, they, they sent a little uh, shot of Duke wearing a hat and sunglasses. Happy birthday to Duke, our uh, dog over there at Caven's group. Sooner Gundy says if he goes to Oregon, can we get the Price is Right song, LOL. Uh, <laughs> Brad from Edmond adds, I was in the Air Force, and I wanted to go to Hawaii. I was paid a decent amount of money to go live in Dayton, Ohio. Money talks. Yeah, I mean, uh, and look, I mean, it's hard to, if you're a kid, can you imagine, you know, uh, you know you're not going to have with the NIL, you know, like generational money you're going to get out. But if you're smart with that money and you know what you're doing, you can turn it into generational wealth. I think, based on some of the uh, deals that we're hearing, particularly for some of the best four- and five-star guys out there, particularly quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, if I was 18 years old and somebody said, hey, man, you want to make $500,000 coming to our school? I'd be like, uh, yeah, where is it? You know? But I, I, I was not in that situation because I wasn't coordinated enough. Uh, Realtor Chris says, just tuned in. He just scheduled OV with Michigan State for next week. BV wouldn't let him commit and keep it. I'm assuming that's not a good sign. I think it's a smokescreen, Realtor Chris. I think all of it is a smokescreen. That is my belief based on a myriad of conversations that I have had this week because there have been evenings where I haven't been off the phone for hours with regard to this situation and Zadavian Sims. Uh, from the 918, shame on Steely starting Bobby Brady is dead rumors. Bobby's still around. I thought some, wasn't he in a car wreck or something? Maybe, I'm sorry about that. I want to apologize to Mike Lookinland. Uh, Bobby is apparently still with us, so my bad. I guess he's having a sunshine day. You know, just to apologize to Bobby Brady, maybe what we should do is play Sunshine Day into the break, Parker. You want to do that? Because apparently Bobby Brady is still alive and kicking. So my apologies again to Mike Lookinland, also known as Bobby Brady. He is still with us. That means he could be here for the live rendition of Sunshine Day if Zadavian Sims picks Oklahoma tomorrow. All right, so let's hear from the Bradys as we go to break. We'll come back. Also talking Sooner football when we get back. We are back Friday here at Riverwind. Great to have you with us. Mike Steely out here at one of my favorite places, Friday nights. Uh, any night is big here at Riverwind. Steak night at the River Buffet tonight. Tomorrow night it is seafood night. And then Sunday they've got a great brunch. We've got concerts outdoors and now indoors here at Riverwind. Let's start outdoors with Beats and Bites 2023. Also presented by Coop Aleworks. Uh, the uh, festivities start May 27th, a week from tomorrow night, with 38 special and blue oyster cults. Then in June, we'll have the gin blossoms and tonic outdoors at the Beats and Bites Festival. Uh, again, in June, on June 10th, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doa, and Tracy Bird will be on the Beats and Bites stage. They'll have a great fireworks show afterwards as well. And then in August, Gary Allen 
will conclude Beach and Bites 2023 on August 26th. All the tickets for Beach and Bites are only 10 bucks. Bring your folding chairs, bring the kids, bring your appetite. All the best local food trucks will be out uh, for Beach and Bites, and it's very popular. It'll be awesome. Uh, you can get your tickets again at the box office or online at riverwind.com. And we told you the Showplace Theater is set to return with Earth, Wind, and Fire June 23rd. Way to way to welcome back to Showplace Theater with Earth, Wind, and Fire. In July, Real Iglesias, the comedian. In August, we've got shows for Dwight Yoakam and Counting Crows. In September, REO Speedwagon and Chicago. Uh, then shows that we have upcoming also in the fall for Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis. Showplace Theater shows are back. And if you haven't seen a show there, it's a great little environment. The acoustics are tremendous. The seating is great. Really, they don't have a bad seat in the house. It's a, it's a really cool concert experience. So you can get your tickets for all those shows also here at the box office right in front of the Showplace Theater, or you can get them online at riverwind.com. All right, Josh Pate, Late Kick Josh, talking about what's going to happen next fall with Oklahoma and Texas, obviously playing out their final season in the Big 12 this fall, and then it's on to the SEC. Here's what Josh Pate had to say about uh, kind of what uh, some of the SEC folks are thinking about bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. Have you noticed the sort of reverberations around the conference of all the fan bases talking about Texas and OU coming to the SEC, and they're talking about it in such a condescending tone, and they're talking about it as if to say, you don't know what you're in for. Wait till you see what happens to you. And like, I, if you live in Ackworth, Georgia, or you live in Tuscumbia, Alabama, or even if you live in like Johnson City, Tennessee, okay. But man, there's some people in Kentucky talking like that. There's some people over in Mississippi talking like that. And I'm just here to warn you, when Texas and OU get here, the chances are wherever they peg on the ladder is going to be rungs above you. They will not peg themselves below you. And so what happened is just you added some losses and you knocked yourself down the ladder a little bit and you can still chant SEC if you want to. It is not going to be to your benefit. And all that money that spills into the league, you don't see any of it. There you go. Yes, I do think that uh, there is a a lack of respect for – Oklahoma nationally right now after one season. And look, it obviously last year you saw what happened. They got embarrassed by Texas. You know, I don't care what the uh, situation was leading to that. A lot of people just look at the final score around the country. Uh, they got absolutely obliterated by TCU. They lost all these one score games. You know, they bumbled and stumbled their way around in these uh, one possession games that they couldn't win when they should have won at least uh, the West Virginia game in the tech game i think certainly but i still think there's a lot of disrespect the ou football monster doesn't stay down that long now you can say well you know Sooners haven't won a national championship since 2000 and in that respect that's way way too long for the university of oklahoma not to have won a national title but guess what it's really hard to win a national championship again way too long for ou but in terms of OU being one of the elite programs in college football, one six and seven season doesn't change that. One hundred percent, it's going to be more difficult in the SEC. But to you know, unless Oklahoma falters again this season, I think they're going to do fine in the SEC. Not going to be Bama or Georgia at first, but if they keep recruiting at a high level, they'll be back competing for championships. I have no doubt about it. And what's going to happen to Bama when Nick Saban leaves? You know, 
What's going to happen with Georgia if Kirby Smart, you know, doesn't stick around for a long time? Who knows? What do you think? Are you seeing the disrespect out there for OU as well? And I understand in no way can you look at what happened last year and go, yeah, Oklahoma, they're great. They're Everything's perfect. But I do think the history of OU football, if they have some down seasons, they're eventually coming back. Well, in the SEC, Steely, it's about recruiting and it's about culture. You have to have the dudes and you have to have your guys playing in a system where there is rock-solid leadership, there is structure, and there is development. And I think OU has both of those things working in their favor. They've managed to channel both of those factors. And that's why, to me, I'm a lot more concerned about Texas going into the SEC, and this is not a hot take by any means, but Texas has major concerns as to whether they can harness the culture down on the 40 acres. Oklahoma, especially with Brent Venables at the helm, and I was having a conversation with a few buddies about this the other day. It's What it boils down to is that in the SEC, especially these days, you've got to have a defensive-minded head coach who can recruit and establish structure if you want to be successful in that league, I think Oklahoma's in a position where they're poised to be successful in that league. I do think it makes sense, and it's probably good, especially now with a certain degree of hindsight with which you can look at things. It's good that Oklahoma has one more year in the Big 12 because I don't think they're ready to play SEC ball in 2023, but I do think there's a chance they're there in 2024. And so whereupon they join the SEC and they got to make road trips to not only Tuscaloosa and Athens and Gainesville, but places like Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina, and even Fayetteville. I think this is a program that is recruiting well enough and has established a consistent enough culture already that you can feel good about where Oklahoma's going to slot when they join the, the SEC in 2024. Now, they are not going to be on Alabama and Georgia's level because nobody is right now. But I don't think it's far-fetched to imagine that they could be on the same level as an LSU or a Tennessee right off the bat. I think that is far-fetched for Texas, but not for Oklahoma. Yeah, and, and again um... – you know, if they went this year, I'm not saying they'd be, uh, you know, embarrassed or anything, but I do think the extra year is going to help because Brent needs to get his guys in. He needs to get his system, you know, uh, it, it, he's instilled it, but he, they haven't perfected it yet. You never can perfect it, obviously, but they uh, they can play that system at a much higher level. You heard what you were talking about out of your uh, Athlons. You know, they had the uh, anonymous coach from the Big 12 saying that, he doesn't think those guys are ready to play his system yet. Well, they only had a year in it, right? And uh, so you would think they're going to get better, plus they have better talent. But, again, to think that, oh, man, Oklahoma, they're just going to get bloody and bruised and, uh, you know, in the SEC. If they're playing, you know, and doing the things that OU football has done over the years, recruit at a high level, develop a culture, um, and get tougher, which is the one thing they 100% have to do, and, and recruit better defensive talent for sure, then they'll be right there. And, you know, in, in five, six years down the road, maybe it's maybe it's Oklahoma and LSU that are atop uh, the SEC. 
like I, like we said before, Georgia isn't going anywhere right now, not for the foreseeable future. The other big question, I think, is how long will Nick Saban keep coaching at Alabama? You know, and that's going to be a big factor well, in where they, they rank. Let me add that I think Brent Venables is the right coach for this job, and I think many would agree. That's not a hot take by any means. But I also think the first couple of years in the SEC are either going to confirm or defeat that belief that Venables is the right coach for the job. Because what is one constant that you see among the programs that experience sustained success in that conference? It is the presence of a head coach who is excellent at his job. When you think about Urban Meyer's tenure at Florida or Les Miles in LSU, the run that Nick Saban has been able to put together at Alabama and Kirby Smart as his come-up continues out in Athens. So if Brent Venables is the right guy for the job, we're going to know within a couple of years of Oklahoma playing SEC ball. But if he is the right guy for the job, again, if you are able to recruit effectively every single year and you are able to establish that culture, what guys like Miles and Meyer and Saban and Smart have proved is that you can have staying power in a league as deep and as talented as the SEC. It is possible. All right, and uh, the uh, Josh Pate clip was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central, they've done a great job with their clinics in Norman and Midwest City for years and years and years now. Those Saturday injury clinics, very well received, very popular. And now they've got the new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Here at Riverwind, Mike Steely out here, one of my favorite places. Back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, the one and only Parker Thune. It's a Friday here on Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Let's talk a little uh, Sooner softball when we get back. All right, we are back Friday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on the home of Sooner fans. I'm out here at the one and only uh, Riverwind Casino. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Sooner women's softball, total absolute domination is what they specialize in and having fun doing it. In fact, why don't we play, uh, Parker, the Bob Stoops clip in case people haven't heard that. Bob Stoops was uh, asked about uh, watching Patty Gasso's softball team play. And uh, it's kind of what we had talked about here recently, too, is you can just see how much fun they have playing the game. Now, when you have won the amount of games that Oklahoma has won, 43 in a row, they're 52-1, and one, um, you, you're going to have fun. But, or 51-1, I believe that, yeah, Oklahoma's 51-1, 43-game winning streak. Anyway, um, they will play Hoster today in the Norman Regional. Uh, weather-wise, are looking good right now. We'll see about later tonight. Um, but, again, that will be on ESPNU at 4 o'clock. And the Sooner women uh, fully expected to get back to Hall of Fame Stadium in the Women's College World Series, and they are the overwhelming favorites to win the national championship, clearly. Bob Stoops on the rush the other day was asked about you know, does he think this Oklahoma softball team will feel any pressure because of the winning streak and all the expectations? And here's how he answered that question. What I observed watching Patty's team play the last few years is uh, the amount of joy 
they get playing. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing that way, they, 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 you're not getting tight. And even though there's been some you know, a tight game or maybe late in the game, you know, whatever inning, and, you know, it's still 0-0, zero, zero, or there's been some of those, right? There's been 1-1, one, one, we've been in some close ones, and then boom, somebody jacks a home run or, you know, breaks loose. But I, in my opinion, you know, they're playing, they're so excited and, and having so much fun playing that that keeps you from getting tight or worrying about you know, worrying, worrying about you know losing. They, they, they don't, they don't have that dream. There you go. Yeah, it, you know, it's almost like you can't even say anything anymore about what Patty Gasso has done with this program. And uh, you know, you're looking at a team again. Could they? Could they get beat? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Baylor beat them. Can they get beat twice in a uh, in a regional or super regional regional or the women's college world series? Yeah, it, it could happen. We've seen teams that we thought were unbeatable, uh, you know, lose games. But it's it's still very unlikely. And it's almost like where, Parker, you get to the point, like, what else can you say about the OU women's softball team that hasn't been said, except that they're great in every area, right? And not only what they do on the diamond, but off the field as well. Well, you know, and it's got to be, you know, I, my colleague Jesse Crittenden is the one who primarily – covers softball for our outlet and you know I feel as though as somebody who doesn't have to the who doesn't doesn't have to cover the softball team day in and day out it's got to be something of a blessing and a curse it's got to be an inherent pro and an inherent con to cover a team that is this dominant because on the one hand it's fun right you show up and you know what's going to happen but it's also (laughs) It's also got to get exhausting at a certain point to try and dredge up new analysis on what this team is doing, could do, how they match up with opponents. Because, again, you show up to the ballpark, you know what you're going to get, which is another one-sided Sooner victory. Yeah, and and I found it interesting in uh, some of the recent stories we've had on Patty, whether it's been an ESPN story or the great piece that Eric Bailey did uh, recently, where she's talked about, you know – there is, there is pressure involved when you've got a great roster and you've clearly got the best team in the country. You know, it, it looks like it's all done so easily, but there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And, you know, I know everybody wants to come play for Oklahoma, coming through the portal now, and you look at what OU did in the portal with Sid Sanders and Alex Storacco and Haley Lee and everybody that they brought in. It's It's been amazing. But, you know, it's almost like, again, you're expected to win every game. And Patty has said, you know, a few things along the lines of, yes, she's still having fun, but there's pressure because she doesn't want to let down the OU fans because the OU fans are so passionate about their team. And the expectation now, again, you're at the very highest level of expectations. You're on the summit of Everest. Very few coaches get there where it is one thing, win the national championship or bust. How many how many coaches have been there? John Wooden, Nick Saban, Gino Oriyama, maybe back in the day, or Pat Summit. You know, uh, ironically, uh, that's where she is right now, Parker. And it, it's a great place to be, but there's not like there's not any pressure involved there. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure because as the expectations continue to ramp up especially amongst the OU fan base, you know, a fan base that demands the best regardless of the sport. 
They're not going to take kindly to a drop-off, and I'm not saying a drop-off is coming or that's what should be expected, but I am saying this level of dominance is inherently unsustainable. Patty Gasso's teams are not always going to sail through a season with a loss or two here or there, but otherwise virtually unchallenged on the way to a national championship. This is a really good softball team. Patty's fielded really good softball teams before, and she will again. They're not always going to be this dominant. What you're witnessing this year is truly special. Yeah, it's like that becomes the expectation, and it just keeps rolling into this even bigger snowball every year, and it's not the norm. I mean, everybody knows it's not the norm, but I'm just saying, you know, eventually, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Patty eventually leaves. I think, you know, JT Gasso or whoever they decide on, I think will be uh, will be good. The program will still be great, but this is this is stuff that doesn't happen, folks, very often. So appreciate it while you can. Sooner softball teams a joy to watch, no doubt about it. And Patty has done an unbelievable job. And like I said, when you're on the summit of Everest, where the expectation is championship or bust, and I'm talking about the Natty, the that's tough, man. That is really tough. All right, we've got another hour to go here from Riverwind on a Friday. Stay with us here on the Ref. Yes, we love to talk here on the ref. And uh, I'm going to be talking for another hour. Parker's going to be talking for another couple more hours. But I'm here at one of my favorite places, Riverwind Casino. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another fabulous Friday out here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. The renovation is nearly done. We've talked about Beats and Bites on the way. A week from tomorrow night, first show out, 38 special and Blue Oyster Colt. It'll be a heck of a show. Tickets for Beats and Bites, only 10 bucks. That's it. That is a bargain in all caps, in all old man caps. That is a bargain. In June, we've got the Gin Blossoms and Tonic coming out to the Beats and Bites show. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, August 26th, Gary Allen. Again, all tickets for the Beats and Bites show presented by Coop Ale Works are just $10. Bring your folding chairs. Bring the kids. Bring an appetite because the uh, the array of food trucks out there is unbelievable. Anything you're looking for, they're going to have out here at Beats and Bites. And then we've got the Showplace Theater firing back up in June, June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. In July, on the 21st, Collective Soul. Josh Turner, July 28th. Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian, July 29th. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. Counting Crows on August 25th. REO Speedwagon, September 8th. Chicago on September 15th. Uh, also shows uh, in the fall, Foreigner on their Greatest Hits Tour. Rodney Carrington, music and comedy. Aaron Lewis also on the way, and you can get your tickets online at riverwind.com, or you can come out here. If you're out here at the casino playing on one of their 2,800 electronic gaming machines or you go into the poker room or maybe some off-track betting or you came out here you know, to do a little uh, shopping at the gift shop because they have some great stuff out here, whatever you're doing, stop by the box office and get your tickets there right over by the Showplace Theater. All right. Uh, by the way, 60th birthday coming up tomorrow. I want to wish a friend of mine, Price Pendarvis, fellow Norman High School grad, 1981, grandson of the legendary Bruce Drake, former OU basketball coach, the Drake Shuffle back in the day. If you don't know who Bruce Drake is, go ahead and Google him up. 
But a uh, friend of mine, friend of the family, he's done a lot for our family, um, helping my brother to get to appointments. And uh, Paul, my, my brother, if you don't know, he's been in a wheelchair since his freshman year at OU, got in an auto accident, and Price shuffles him all around. We were already good friends from high school way back in the day at Norman High School, but our family, uh, we love Price. I want to wish him a happy 60th to my row. Okay, um, let's talk about tomorrow. What time you're leaving for down there in Durant tomorrow, Parker Thune, and are you feeling give – me a, give me a word to describe the way you're feeling as we are about, what, 20, 26 hours away, 27 hours away from decision time for Zadavian Sims? Would it be apprehensive, cautious, what? Uh, bizarre would probably be the word to describe how I'm feeling. Because, again, it's really hard to approach this situation with any degree of rock-solid confidence. Now, I, I, look, I trust what I've been told. It's it's weird for the entire industry to be zagging, and here I am zigging regarding uh, regarding Zadavian Sims in Oklahoma. But yeah, man, it's it's a weird deal to say the very least. And I don't think anybody is showing up tomorrow to C four and Durant with any certainty as to what they're going to be in for. We all have our suspicions, but nobody is a hundred percent certain. Well, as I said, uh, we're going to get one or two reactions. There's no uh, real in-between area. We might have a few people who live in the in-between area, the gray area. But you know what? Not, there aren't many residents in the gray area in this day and age, right? You either live in super angry or super happy, Bill. That's it. Uh, there there aren't many, again, that will say, well, you have a nuanced take, really, on what happens. There will be some. But we believe that, again, if Zadavian Sims commits to Oklahoma tomorrow at 345 during this ceremony, that this is what the uh, text line will sound like on Monday. Yes, the uh, the Brady Bunch and uh, Sunshine Day. Now, if Zadavian Sims again uh, does the does the unthinkable and betrays his states and decides with the Oregon Ducks, I mean the ghost of Gordon Reese. Jeez, I mean, come on. Here's what the text line will be like. What you son of a bitch! You no good damn. You know, that's uh, that's a phrase that we need to use more. Shut your yapper. Classic Chris Farley. That wasn't even Matt Foley. That was from that commercial he did on SNL, the, uh, the uh, commercial where he uh, did the uh, taste test and they gave him coffee crystals instead of real coffee, and he was very upset about it. But I can still remember Matt Foley. Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper. 
Have you ever been told to shut your yapper? Yes, I have. I mean, when I was like seven, maybe. You know, that's a very. <laughs> I feel like that's a that's a very common insult slash uh, remark amongst beefing second graders. You know, I do think though that there are certain words that need to make a comeback, right? And uh, we've talked about schmuck. We've talked about shyster. You know, we gave uh, Clark Stroud the uh, 2023 Shyster of the Year Award, the Lincoln M. Riley Shyster of the Year Award, which went to uh, Lincoln M. Riley last year. Um, but maybe Yapper should come back. What do you think? I'd be all for it. I just, like, I, I don't know how I feel about that one as compared to shyster and schmuck. Shyster and schmuck sound. <laughs> that sounds like the worst law firm of all time. The law firm of shyster and schmuck. <laughs> it's the mule shoe Clark Stroud pairing, right? There you go. But no, it's those those ones feel more somehow feel more tasteful than yapper. You know who's got a great lawyer name? Noble McIntyre. That is true. I mean, you know. I mean, first of all, he's an excellent attorney. He's got a great practice. He was on T-Row the other day, and the stories were good. But, I mean, Noble is about the best, one of the best names you can have for an attorney. You know, Noble connotes this guy is super classy. He's he's Noble. He's Noble freaking McIntyre, and you can trust Noble McIntyre. The law firm of Scheister and Schmuck, not so much. That's like Jimmy McGill. And... uh, or Saul Goodman, who are the same guy. But um, anyway, I, I was thinking that maybe the word yapper could come back, but maybe not. Okay, um, so again, what is the latest scuttlebutt on Zadavian Sims? I, I, I mean, the scuttlebutt really hasn't changed all week. The scuttlebutt is he's doing all he can to make this as, uh, gosh, what even is the proper word? He's just basically trying to muddy the waters. The word has been consistent all week from the people I've been talking to, which is that uh, you're going to hear a lot of buzz for Oregon, but it's going to be Oklahoma in the end. So uh, there's not really anything new, Steely. It's just it's been a lot of the same stuff regurgitated over the last 72 hours, which just makes it all the weirder as we get closer and closer to the actual decision. Now, are you saying that your old colleague, Steve Wiltfong, is being fooled here. Uh, I, I suppose so. Yes. Everybody plays the fool sometimes, right? I mean, that's the nature of recruiting, though. That is the nature of recruiting. Somebody's going to be celebrating Monday. It might be Parker Thune. It might be Brandon Drum. It might be Steve Wilfong. But we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. And, you know, here's the deal, Parker. When you are... You're not basing your reputation, but you know how some people take this stuff so seriously. It's going to be like, oh, what a betrayal. They said he was coming to OU. You know, these these kids are young, and sometimes they make rash decisions. And if it's Oregon, maybe it'll end up being a good decision for him. I don't know. But um, I, I would think the, the days after until the, uh, the smoke clears are, are, are not a lot of fun. No, no. Uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Zach says, what about Scallywag? 
Shannon Newcastle says, I wish calling people a patsy was still popular. Well, there was the poster child for patsies, of course, was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, right? When you think of a patsy, it's Lee Harvey Oswald. That's another. That's a good thing. What's a word? A good a word that we can use. It's not like a curse word or super tawdry that should come back. Scuttlebutt. There's a word. I mean, I guess some people still use that. It, you, I mean, heck, you used it earlier this segment. I know. Just a couple minutes ago. I think it's good to bring back shyster though. Schmuck is kind of hard to say, but it's. I don't know. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, if you just said the word schmuck and you had no idea, it just sounds horrible. Whether it's food or it's whatever it is. Like, hey, would you like a hot steaming plate of schmuck? You would think, no, (laughs) absolutely not. So these are the kind of brilliant next-level conversations we sometimes delve into here on Steel Man and Thune. Trying to make the world a better place. From the 918, how about numbskull? Numbskull's pretty good. I think I got called a numbskull a, numb a few times growing up. I, it's, been, uh, it's been at least 40 years or so, but, you know, a, a numbskull is, is not a positive comment made in your direction if you ever get called a numbskull. Okay, let's take a break right here. I'm here at Riverwind. Brandon Drum's going to be joining us in 20 minutes. We'll get Brandon, obviously OU Insider, Rivals Network, uh, Parker's colleague, our friend. We'll get him on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up here in about 20 minutes. We'll hear what he has to say about the Zadavian Sim situation and more coming up here in a little bit. Uh, There was a soundbite. Oh, I want to hear from uh, what... Rob Gronkowski says about Baker Mayfield and what Austin Reeves said about LeBron last night. We'll do that next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. All right, Friday. Good to have you here. We love Friday. Friday is the uh, the best day of the week. What's the worst day of the week? Tuesday? Hmm. Mondays are kind of difficult, but we always have three days' worth of sports to talk about on Monday. I'm going to go with maybe Tuesday is the worst day of the week. Would you agree with Tuesday, Parker, or would you say Monday or Wednesday? Because Thursday you're starting to feel a little bit better. It's like, you know, if, if you run a marathon, which I would never do, way, way too long, way too taxing, way too much labor. Um, but it would be like mile 22 of the marathon Thursday. So maybe you're tired, but you can see the finish line. So I'm going to go with Tuesday as the worst day of the week. I mean, I I think it depends on the week for me because I'm not doing the exact same thing day in and day out. Like, my schedule is always different. So there's not one day of the week that I dread. It kind of just depends on what I happen to be doing that week. So – now, obviously, I work a different job and a different schedule than most, so I, I don't feel particularly equipped to answer that question. There you go. Parker does not want to offend any of the days. He, do was, he doesn't want to get one of the days canceled. But I understand. Your, your routine changes. I mean, you have a routine in that you're doing this show and you're doing uh, locked in, obviously, so you've got those three hours pretty much blocked out. But 
you know, in terms of where you travel, when you travel, all that stuff, it changes. So I totally get it. Okay, I wanted to play a couple sound bites in this segment. We have Brandon Drum coming up next. And by the way, we're here at Riverwind Casino. Talk to Justin, the great GM out here before we went on the air. And uh, Justin says they're close. They're very close to having the renovation whoa, whoa, completely whoa. done. That sounds like mule shoe right there, Steely. Well, no, no, no. Justin, see, there's a difference between Justin and mule shoe. Justin, you can trust, very reliable, super great guy. Mule shoe, shyster. So, yes, he said that it's almost complete. How's that? He didn't say we're close. That Those were my words. I want to apologize. But it looks spectacular out here. And Riverwind always had a good, clean look about it. Super exciting. Uh, you know, the layout's great, but it looks better than ever. And uh, if you haven't been out here to Riverwind, same kind of winning that you can expect. They give away millions and millions of dollars in jackpots every month. They have the best promotions, best bars and dining, a great hotel, big-time table games too, poker room, off-track betting. You name it, they have it. I've always said one of the overlooked things out here is the gift shop. If you've never been to the gift shop, let's say you want to gamble and you know what? You know what? I'd like to be able to smoke a cigar. Well, they've got a cigar selection there in the gift shop. Good ones. I bought golf apparel in there, hats, Travis Matthews shirts, all kinds of stuff. They have all the stuff you need, like, you know, let's say you want to, you know, a water or breath mints or whatever. They've got all of that stuff, but they also have some really cool stuff in there. I bought Shay a couple gifts in there. So if you haven't checked out the gift shop uh, at Riverwind, you need to do that as well. Anyway, all right. Um, Baker Mayfield, new life in Tampa, kind of resurrected. I don't want to say that he resurrected his career yet because he hasn't done that. But I do think he started, uh, the arrow started pointing up again for Baker Mayfield after what he did with the Rams last year. And uh, now he is the uh, favorite to be the uh, starting quarterback with the Buccaneers. Kyle Trask is also there. But here's what Gronk said on the Up and Adams podcast uh, yesterday that he thinks Baker Mayfield is going to be a big success in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think Baker will win the quarterback position. I think he'll be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Bucks going into the season. Um, the only way I can see him po- that the Bucks pulling him is if he just absolutely plays horrendous, which I don't think he will. I think the Bucks are going to put him in a position to succeed. There will be competition between him and Kyle um, during the training camp, which that they want. They need Kyle to have that competition to bring the best out of him. I mean, he knew he wasn't going to play behind Tom, so sometimes you can relax when you know you're in that position, but this is the time to compete for a starting job for both of them. I believe Baker will win it in the end. He'll be put in the position to succeed. To succeed, He's got great teammates around him. Chris, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans yeah. leading them at receiver. They got a great defense around him. So I would just say Baker just needs to be, you know, the Baker that he was when he was with the Rams, and he just doesn't need to be a hero. He just protect the ball and don't turn it over, and he will succeed, and the Tampa Bay Bucks will be going to the playoffs. All right, Parker, you're a Bucks fan. What do you think about what Gronk had to say about Baker there? I mean, it says a lot coming from Gronk because Bronk, or Gronk played most of his career, uh, really I guess all of his career, with the guy that's widely considered to be the greatest quarterback to ever do it in Tom Brady. So Gronk has takes on quarterbacks. Those takes are worth listening to. And I'm hopeful, man, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm hopeful Baker Mayfield is a, is a hit and a smashing success 
in Tampa Bay. Now, I also wouldn't mind seeing Tampa Bay go 0-17 to get Caleb Williams, but that's neither here nor there. I, I think that in a system that's designed for him to thrive and in a system where he's got some real offensive weapons for maybe the first time in his career, uh, at least to this extent, I like what Baker brings to the table for this Buccaneers offense, and I think he can be I, – I don't know if he's a long-term answer in Tampa Bay. I don't know if that's necessarily in the plans, but – that was never going to be in the plans for where Baker was at in his career. We talked about this as early as last summer. He was probably going to end up somewhere on a one-year prove-it deal. Tampa Bay is the perfect place for that to happen, and that's a team that's only two years removed from a Super Bowl run. So they've got the pieces to go deep if Baker is able to recapture the form that made him so special at Oklahoma. All right, but some uh, interesting comments there from uh, Gronk about Baker for sure. All right, let's talk about the NBA. We have Miami and Boston tonight, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Jimmy Butler has been Mr. Clutch in the playoffs. Miami wins on the Celtics' home floor, uh, and they get it done last night. Eric Spolstra, you know, his unbelievable job coaching uh, this organization for a long, long time. And uh, the Miami Heat, again, lead that series one game to none. And if they somehow win tonight, I mean, the Celtics, you lose the first two in your home floor and you're in some trouble. But let's talk about the Lakers-Denver last night. The Lakers led a lot of the game. Denver comes back. Uh, You know, that barrage of threes, they had, what, four straight possessions where it was Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. making a three. Crowd was back into the game. Uh, The Lakers had chances again to cut it down and perhaps steal it late. But once again, they couldn't get it done. Uh, Jamal Murray, 37. The Joker had 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists. This guys he's clearly the best player in the NBA. He's not the flashiest, but he's the guy who means the most. And I don't have a big issue with Joel Embiid winning MVP. But, I mean, Jokic, again, he's not super flashy, but he's so efficient. He makes everybody around him so much better. Jamal Murray caught fire, obviously, 37 points. Michael Porter, Jr., had, uh, you know, some big threes, four, seven from three-point range. As for the Lakers, LeBron, he'll advise three again. We know what he's been doing at crunch time, uh, late in games, you know, last five minutes, one of 20, uh, you know, from three-point range. Uh, that's 5%. And LeBron's a great player, an all-time great. He's not MJ, probably not Kareem either, in my opinion, but, uh, you know, People are saying he's got drive the ball to the basket. You're LeBron freaking James, you know, is what you need to do. Austin Reeves had 22. Uh, and, again, he has been their best fourth-quarter player, Parker. He has been the guy that's been the clutch guy for him. Now, they've lost both of these games, but I know one of those threes he had last night banked in. But Austin Reeves has been the guy that's made the big shots for them. Austin Reeves has drastically exceeded whatever expectations anybody had for him when he got to the NBA. Because I remember having the conversation back in April of 2021, Steely, about how, oh gosh, if Austin Reeves stayed another extra year. Because he was was the alpha dog for a minute there for OU basketball. And they had some other pieces, some real good pieces in Lon Kruger's last couple teams as a college basketball coach. But Austin Reeves was the guy that – you tended to trust him when the ball was in his hands. But it felt like he needed another year 
to put himself in contention to be an NBA draft pick. Turns out he didn't need to be a draft pick to blaze his own trail in the NBA, and somehow he seems to have gotten measurably better, Steely, because he was a good player in college. I don't want to take anything away from him, but he's been leaps and bounds better in the NBA than he ever was in college basketball. Yeah, and keep in mind, he'll be a restricted free agent, but he's going to make some money. It'll either be from the Lakers or somebody else, but he's going to be uh, uh, making bank, no doubt, the way he's been playing. All right, so this is the post game with Austin Reeves last night. Denver leads the series two games to none. Lakers had a few chances again, couldn't close the deal, but it certainly wasn't Austin Reeves' fault. Uh, LeBron, again, struggling from three-point range. So let's get Austin talk about his thoughts on being down two games to none. And then they kind of ask him, you know, is LeBron shooting too much? Here's how it went. I mean, I thought for the most part we defended well uh, besides, you know, a couple of those possessions uh, where they got a couple threes. But like I said, chip your hat off and move on. Yeah, I mean, obviously sucks we lost, but things you can uh, learn from this. Austin, LeBron obviously 0 for 10 from three over the – first two games of the series, does that give you guys confidence just kind of knowing that there's probably a good chance he's not going to have that stretch again in this play- in these playoffs? Yeah, I mean, he can shoot all he wants. It's LeBron James. Uh, I don't think anybody bats an eye when he shoots a shot uh, or questions a shot. So, yeah, we want him taking, you know, whatever he feels comfortable with just because, you know, he's a, a winning basketball player, you know, for his whole career, and that's all he wants to do. He wants to win. There you go. I, if I'm a Lakers fan, I am batting an eye if he's shooting more threes. Take the ball to the basket, LeBron. Take the ball to the basket. All right, we're going to break right here. We have Brandon Drum on the way. Our uh, regular Friday conversation, Brandon, Parker's colleague, and our buddy, OUinsider.com and the Rivals Network will get his thoughts on Zadavian Sims and what's going on with Oklahoma football recruiting and more coming up next on this really, really awesome day, Friday, right here on The Ref. Keep it here. Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, OUinsider.com, Rivals Network. You know Brandon. You know him for a long time. Good friend of mine, good friend of yours. And uh, joining us to talk a little Sooner football recruiting. And let's start with Zadavian Sims tomorrow, 345 OU Oregon. There are people in both camps on this deal. What say you, Brandon Drum? I'm riding out with OU. I mean, I'll take the lashings or whatever from the OU fan base if he doesn't choose Oklahoma. And my reasoning is, is number one, if you've ever followed me when I was with the old mothership, that we were at, um, I didn't split crystal balls, you know, late in the process. So I took the L if I was going to take it. I mean, I just didn't think that was the right thing to do. I personally like just picking and, you know, and uh, you know, a couple weeks prior flipping if I started to hear something or a week prior, but not the days leading up. Like, I just don't think that. I think you're riding people's coattails at that much, and you've kind of proved that you don't have sources and all that type of stuff if that's what you're going to do. So um, that's just how I operate and always have operated. Um, on top of that, um, you know, even last night I'm hearing things that, you know, <laughs> things that the right things are being said to Oklahoma. I'll put it to you all like that. Like, so it's just one of those deals where, you know, uh, you have to – 
either somebody's being kind of strung along. Is it Oklahoma? Could be. Has he been silently committed to Oregon? Um, you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I hear the buzz, the same buzz everybody else is hearing about Oregon. But on the flip side, things are still being said positively towards Oklahoma, giving Oklahoma the impression that things are going to go their way on Saturday. So it's really, really, really up in the air. I mean, I talked to somebody last night about 10:30, 11 o'clock, and they essentially told me, you know, they were told some things that made them think it was Oklahoma. So, uh, and it was coming from very, very deep into that uh, Davian Sims camp. So, uh, and it is, it is what it is at this point. Uh, we're going to find out Saturday afternoon. I wish I could be like more definitive about it. Um, I just know that when I left the track meet on Friday and when I talked to Sims on Saturday and I talked to him in person, I'm the only person that's been there and talked to him in person that's covered this uh, whole thing in the last week. So when I talked to him in person twice, I came away with the impression it was Oklahoma and, you know, maybe he's feeding me, you know, what, what he thinks I want to hear. But at the same time, you know, when I'm around him every Sunday and stuff, there's also a level of trust you would think. Uh, but we're going to find out one way or another, right, on Saturday. Okay, in non-Zadavian Sims news, Brandon, for those just finding out for the first time, five-star defensive lineman Williams Nguyenary is going to take his Oklahoma official visit, not at the Champion Barbecue on June 16th, but on June 9th. Now, obviously the Sooners aren't just doing official visits on the 16th. They'll have a sparse few that come in on the 9th. They'll have a few that come in for the party at the Palace at the end of July. So they'll spread it out a little bit. But what what is your overarching impression of the fact that it's Tennessee and not Oklahoma that's going to get in one area on campus on June 16th? Uh, I mean, again, I spoke to somebody last night that, you know, I said – to this source, and I'll give you the exact conversation, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it a little bit just to kind of clean it up and not make it, you know, so obvious and everything. But uh, I said, you know, people are kind of freaking out about the fact that he could be going to, uh, speaking of one area, he could be going to Tennessee on the 16th and not Oklahoma. And this person laughed and essentially said, well, I can tell you such and such isn't really worried about it. And that's kind of what Oklahoma had in mind because there's going to be less people there, less visitors there on the ninth, and they can focus in on him because, you know, they only want they, – they, they allot so many people from or players from each position per weekend. So they're, they're filled up on uh, the champion barbecue, or at least it seems that way at this point. I'm not saying there won't be another addition here or there. But when you're talking about a five-star, there's a priority aspect, you know, added to that. And you want to be able to give that person's sole attention. And people are going to say, well, what about, you know, Dominic McKinley and David Stone on Champion Barbecue? Why aren't they doing that then? Okay, well, now if you move them to the ninth, now you're adding three people, and now you're stringing out Bates and Chavis and all those guys and spreading them thin. At that point, now they've got two or three guys there already um, on the champion barbecue, being McKinley and Stone and Sims, and I think there's a couple other guys. But 
they have that that actual weekend set up to where there is a huge contingent of support team help to help them with that recruiting aspect, and all the players are going to be in town for that. They're not guaranteed that for for the ninth. So you want, you know, uh, as little players at a certain position there, if that's what you want to do and you really want to focus on that player, that's how you want to attack it. And you can almost guarantee that Caden Green is going to be, you know, his host because they're former teammates. And I think I think that plays well into Oklahoma's hands. I honestly do. I think this is a move where they went, hey, you know, we don't want to stretch ourselves thin on the with the barbecue. Let's bring in a couple of guys on the ninth uh, when Ari being one, and, and let's really focus in on those guys and make sure we have a certain number of players there to help us focus in and sports staff and go from there. But uh, Oklahoma wanted it. They're the ones that, edged, you know, talked him into coming on the ninth, whereas it wasn't like he just chose Tennessee from my understanding. All right, Brandon, uh, Danny Okoye visiting today, right? What uh, I'm sure the recruiting aficionados know all about his story, but fill everybody else in. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll say this as quickly as possible. It just it was a surprise. I, 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 I talk, I've talked to him quite a bit over the last 72 hours, um, and obviously I went up there and visited with him yesterday, stayed throughout his whole three-hour practice, talk to him sparingly during the practice and then we spent another 45 minutes after practice just sitting there talking and uh just kind of i just wanted to hear his version of the story of how it all came about and um it's interesting and then when you hear the ou side of the story it's even more interesting i think it's it's just you know kind of like uh two lost friends just kind of uh separated and didn't talk to each other for a long time and all of a sudden, they they reunited and realized how much they liked each other, and there you go. He's down in Norman today. Uh, we'll be there from 9.30 to 3.30, uh, and then after that, uh, he's supposed to give me a call, and we'll do a quick interview, post-visit interview, and we'll have that on OUinsider.com. And then uh, I think, you know, this visit is big for OU. Um, I think, you know, you, you get a kid to give you a chance, you talk him into coming down to visit. Now you've got to be able to hit that home run and, and make him feel comfortable at Oklahoma. Um, and so with his mom not being kind of hovering around on the recruitment anymore and letting him just do it himself since he's going to be the one living that life, I think Oklahoma is bound to make a big surge there if they can do what they need to do on this visit today. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to follow because Tulsa kids generally – have a lot of drama attached to him when it comes to the recruiting process in Oklahoma, that's for sure. Brandon, last question for you. Now, I think when we reflect on the arc of the last few months, uh, this is a question that we've probably asked you every three to four weeks, but I'm going to modify it slightly for obvious reasons. So, take Zadavian Sims's recruitment out of the equation. So mm-hmm. this, is, this cannot be the answer. The next Oklahoma commit is whom? Uh, I mean, you asked me that a week ago. I probably would have said Lane Jenkins because we had that on OU Insider. Uh, um, man, that's a good question, Parker. Uh, I, I guess I'll go 
Man, uh, who, who do you have? I mean, just, just, who do you think it is? Just, I just, I'm interested in your your answer, actually. Oh gosh, I see. I didn't, I didn't prepare like, an see, answer. See, exactly. It's hard to answer, like off the top of your head, because you have to kind of go with the official visits, right? Uh, and so there's going to be guys on the ninth. There's going. I'm going to say Jason Zandamella. Interesting. Uh, I think my answer would be Caden Massey. So we're both on the offensive line track there. Yes. So, in a, I guess Massey's visiting for the barbecue, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but there's going to be all those kids that show up on the ninth and show up some on the second. So, I was trying to kind of beat the barbecue was kind of my answer. And Van is supposed to be showing up on the ninth at Oklahoma, and it seems like it's an OU USC battle with Florida State kind of slipping a little bit. Not saying Florida State's out of it because there's definitely a chance for them to make a surge. Uh, because they've been the leader for quite some time. But uh, I could see Zandamella, you know, surprising some people and just ending it right there, especially if he visits USC first and then Oklahoma second. So uh, that that's something just to keep in mind. Brandon Drum, we appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, good luck to you and Parker with the Zadavian Sims deal tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting, very interesting for sure. But Don't you know what? Bullets, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do Make that it. in life, right? Yep. Sometimes you got to do it. But we'll see. I'm with you guys. I'm going to I'm going to believe that uh, it's going to be Oklahoma. So, we'll see. Brandon, thanks. All right, Brandon Drum joining us OU Insider and uh, the Rivals Network. All right. We'll take a quick break here at the one and only Riverwind Casino on a really fun Friday. Uh, there aren't any Fridays that aren't fun, are there? Not that I know of. Uh, we've got a huge sports weekend. We'll uh, have some final notes. Check the PGA Championship leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler was uh, the leader last I saw at five under par. And we'll update you when we get back right here on the ref. All right, welcome back. Headed down the stretch here on this Friday. Mike Steele with you at Riverwind. You know, uh, you may have heard. Uh, depending on the station you're on, uh, that Olivia Munn PSA, formerly known at OU when she was going to OU back in the day as Lisa Munn, uh, she was in the running to uh, be on an old radio station that I was at a while back, long time. Well, actually, it's been a, it's been a while. But we had a female that was on our show. I'm not even going to tell you which station. You'll probably be able to figure it out. Who had left because uh, we had a female voice on our show at the time, and she left to take another job. And so then Lisa Munn had talked about wanted to come work, you know, in sports and on our show. So met with her and everything and i went to tell a certain individual yeah we we should probably hire her she's really funny and of course everybody thinks she's cute not that that was the determining factor but i mean you've seen her on radio tv and what she's done uh and he the person said i don't see any star quality with her so i said all right okay and uh then she went to hollywood and became a star so sometimes the right decisions are not made. Just saying, back in the day. So it's amazing how, you know, we 
course, compared to what she's been, we were, you know, total peons. But still, I just remember, I don't think I see anything there. I like a sense of humor, creativity, uh, kind of an attitude. Uh, that's, like, really good for a show. Nope. Didn't see it. Oh, well. All right. Uh, just every time I hear that, I kind of get a smile on my face and a little laugh. All right, uh, Parker Thune is headed down to Durant tomorrow and very fired up about it. The trip home is either going to be a celebrate good times, come on, or it's going to be the saddest violin music you can think of. Well, you know, Steely, it's one of those days where I'm going to have to get a double-dip waffle cone at Brahms, either out of celebration or in misery. Yeah, well, that you know what? Either way, a Brahms cone works, right? In that situation, it, it works. So, you know, I, I like Brandon's stance, too, and I know you're the same way. Uh, we'll see what happens. You're getting information, again, that you still think it's Oklahoma. Here's the bottom line that happens. Sometimes I think the kids, and I'm not saying it's happening here, but I remember when I was really heavily involved in recruiting when I had to call people on the phone with a cord you know, attached to it a long time ago. They sometimes tend to tell you what they think you want to hear, even if you're not a coach. And, again, I'm not saying this is the case here, but, you know, that that happens sometimes, Parker, where kids are, you know, well, they don't realize that eventually decision day is coming, and when you've told people, yeah, I'm coming here, or you've got them – feeling maybe not a hundred percent but 95 percent that you're coming to their school and then once the uh, the decision is made you know that's why people are like what what just happened here so i don't know i don't know how much that happens now but it certainly is it's happening at some level right with all these kids the uh the the deception the misinformation, the subterfuge is stronger and stronger every recruiting cycle. And this has been. And sometimes, Parker, sometimes I think it's just kids maybe afraid to be honest with, like, you know, I'm really thinking about this place right now, Coach, instead of, yeah, I feel real good about you guys. Do you think there's some of that going on, too, where kids are just scared to tell somebody they built a relationship with that I'm probably not coming there? Yeah, I mean, a lot of kids will tell you that's the hardest part of the whole recruiting process is having to call coaches and let them know, hey, I'm not coming to your school. It's a hard thing to do. And so it only gets more difficult as you get closer and closer to a decision. So, look, everybody handles the recruit their own recruitment the way that they do for their own reasons. And you know what? It's their lives. It's their futures. They have the right to handle it how they want to handle it. You just kind of got to come along for the ride and keep that seatbelt buckled tight in some cases. Look, we know as adults what it's like to have difficult conversations. You know, uh, when when I was doing a show in Tulsa, the PD there's a, a good friend of mine, and I had what I thought I wanted to work uh, with, with you guys here, and I'd never worked, you know, with Toby and TJ and, you know, Tyler and guys like this, and I, I like this opportunity. I wasn't under contract, but I remember pacing around having to call him and tell him after a year that I was leaving. It was I felt horrible, and it was tough. And Shay's like, you got to do it, Mike. I'm like, but I, this is going to be so hard. So I get it. All right, thanks to Riverwind. Thanks, Dr. Bellardo. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend.